so much to talk about. So just let the game play for itself and then we don't have to do too much. The voice of Alan Deegan. It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. And yes, we will just let the game play. Here's the story of the game and lots more to follow after it. Post-game interviews and a chat in the Cawley room where we were talking with William Davis. It's ten minutes before kick-off. I'm here with William Davis in a packed clan stand. William, this is it. Cup final. Yeah, it's the defining game of the season. It's in Connacht's hands. They're four points ahead. They're at home. Good prize at the end of it for them. Two prizes, actually. Qualification for the Champions Cup and maybe more importantly, qualification for the knockout stages of this year's Pro 14. All they have to do is win. Win by a point, win by ten points. It makes no difference. It's very windy. Conditions are going to really dictate how this game is played. Don't think that will suit either side, really, but they're going to have to live with it. And it's who is more, maybe not so much wants it, but who is more controlled in how they approach it and handle the conditions will win today. Yeah, because Cardiff won the toss and decided to play against the wind. So Connacht are going to have to score early. Yeah, that's the old-fashioned approach, really, to, to sort of, we'll do it in the second half. Sometimes a wind like this here is actually more of a hindrance when you have it. There's no guarantee that you can actually pass the ball in front of anybody here because you let it go, it gets blown away, your line-out can get disrupted. So it's, no, it's not always best to, to actually assume that the wind will get points for you. Exactly, and Gareth Anscombe's never played here before and he was spending a long time figuring out how to kick into that wind. So we'll leave it there for now and we'll talk again in 20 minutes. Here's a carry for Dave Heffernan, he has Boyle on his shoulder. Needs some more support. Boyle goes right through the middle of the ruck. He's caught Cardiff out. He just needs to hold off a tackle. What an offload. Caelan Braden support. He's going to score a try. That is absolutely wonderful stuff from Connacht. They've got the first score of the game. Well done, Paul Boyle. Really, really clever. Just through the base of the ruck. Able to get the pass away and the tackle. A hint it might have gone forward. I don't think so. Caelan Blade in a very, very good supporting line gets the five points. Six metres outside the Connacht 22. Thomas Williams to Garrett Anscombe. Anscombe goes further back to Lane. Connacht are in real trouble here. The, the right winger has got right through the tackle and he's going to go in under the post. Oh, that is massively impressive. Owen Lane scores and the Blues look lethal here. OK, William, just gone 20 minutes and Cardiff have drawn level. It's seven points all. Yeah, even game so far. Um, both sides have had a fair bit of possession and... Uh, Cardiff worked that try nicely but Connacht, uh, Connacht did a good job to get there as well they did miss a penalty but they are playing with a wind and you feel they will need a lead uh, at half time because uh, it's, it's hard to put a value on a wind like this but uh, a lead would be important and uh, I said it was 7-all but it's going to be 7-all because there's Anscombe just driving the ball over the bar now um, yeah it was Blade who scored the Connacht try and Owen Lane his third try in a row playing against Connacht we'll talk again at half time the throw towards the front Boyle the man who won the penalty is the man who's the target he's taken it in well that's a steady uh, maul set from a very good line out Connacht are five metres from the Cardiff line and desperate to score they've got away with a few sloppy turnovers in the 22 and they've got the ball back twice after doing so now they're going towards the line the Blues are trying to stop them but Connacht are on the front foot they're going towards that touch line they're over the line they've got it down the crowd is celebrating the try is awarded oh listen to the sports ground roar and Gavin Thornbury comes up with the ball. Half-time, Connacht 14, Cardiff 7. Cardiff looked very happy going off the field, William. Yeah, I think they'll be content enough. They've played against a very, very strong wind in that first half. 
and they've scored a decent try. Connacht have scored two tries. It's a funny sort of a game. It hasn't really reached a real pitch of intensity. It's quite a slow-moving game. I think both sides are struggling with the conditions a bit because it, passing is difficult into the wind or against the wind. Um, I think it's probably enough points for Connacht, but they're going to have to play well in the second half. Be interesting to see how Cardiff decide to use this wind. Uh, Connacht have kicked to the corner a bit. They have kept the ball in hand, maybe more than I think you'll see more kicking from Cardiff. I think you will. I expect to see us playing an awful lot of rugby in our own 22, and hopefully we won't make too many mistakes. But it's, um, it's looking a bit dodgy at this stage, I have to say. We'll talk again on 60 Minutes. Ooh, that was physical stuff. Robinson really causing a lot of trouble for Connick. Bundiaki going to try and take on Halaholo and pop it back inside to Leader. Ah, that's class from Mackey. And Leader nearly drops the ball. He juggles it to himself and then presents it. Connick get outside their 22, up to the 10-metre line almost. Gavin Thornbury will take them an inch or two closer to that 10-metre line. This is really good from, Cardi, from Connick. Carty gets it on to Buckley. Great pass from Buckley to Farrell. That's brilliant to O'Halloran. This could work out. Here's Matt Healy. He's going to try and take on the man. What a tackle. I don't know how they tackled him there. He was nearly away, 15 metres inside the Cardiff half of the field though, it's a huge gain and all of Cardiff backline is offside, Carty is going straight and he's kicking through and he's chasing after it he gets out of the way of Morgan, he picks up the ball, he goes for the line, Jack Carty that is unbelievable that's an, a fantastic try from Jack Carty, great stuff out of defence from Matt Healy uh, really, really confident stuff with ball in hand, electrifying from Carty, marvellous try ok William, William just before the crowd erupts here 60 minutes gone Connacht lead 24-10 been a brilliant start to the second half but it looks like Cardiff have scored and we're just waiting for the TMO decision it's a tough TMO decision too it's a, it's a matter of inches to see has he got his hand got the ball down before his hand seems to touch uh, the touchline Cardiff are assuming it's a try they've all dropped back but this decision is going on and on and on a bit we had a long one in the first half which went for Connacht so we're waiting to see ok what we're seeing ok uh, it's very close, and what we're seeing is simultaneous between the grounding and touching goal. That's it's going to be an attacking five-meter scrum because it's simultaneous. If I was to be out of touch and I put the ball in my hand, yeah. Yeah. Like, then it's, it's a try. So I just put it down. Yeah, but you're carrying the ball. So it's I don't know what Ollie Robinson is arguing there. If he says it's simultaneous and then he says it's done, I'll try. Ollie Robinson isn't is included into the reality that if it's simultaneous, then there's no try. Wow. What a big decision that is. Well, well, for a TMO who might possibly be in his first match, TMO I've never heard of, that's a huge call because I think that was a try. Looked dodgy to me, but Kieran Marmion has just gone off for a HIA. Um, he's only on the field about two minutes, but it was his tackle that pushed him into touch. Um, so he's gone off for a HIA. we laid back on, it's Kieran. all happening. It is, it is. We'll, uh, we'll be back at 70 minutes. We will indeed. OK, William, 70 minutes. This is so tense. Connacht are still leading by two scores, 24-10. Yes. And a draw really isn't good enough for Cardiff, but we don't want them getting in. They've got a penalty five metres out. Yeah, you feel this is really going to be uh, a tough 10 minutes for them. Connacht uh, maybe have shot their boat slightly. They brought a few substitutes on, but Cardiff have upped the pace a bit here. They're just struggling with their accuracy. They need a score very soon, Cardiff. Their heads might start to drop, but the, this place is absolutely boiling. It's, it's, it's pretty much what we expected. Line out to Cardiff, five metres from the Connacht line. They trail by 14 points, nine and a half minutes to go. They must score soon to have a chance. They're going towards the line. This should be it, but it could be a case of Connacht getting underneath the ball. 
try for Cardiff. Unfortunately, they weren't able to do so. The Blues have scored in the corner. The conversion will be massive. But it was coming, and it's scored by Turnbull in the end. 72 and a half minutes on the clock. Seven-point lead for Connacht. Up goes uh, Robin Copeland. Couldn't get his hands on that ball. He's knocked it on. Connacht are chasing this ball. It wasn't knocked on, says the referee, so it's play on. This could be a try in the corner. Matt Healy has scored. I don't believe it. I was certain that was a knock-on. No decision from the referee, and Healy's definitely got a try, so now we're going to go back and see if it was a knock-on. I think it was. I think Copeland knocked it on from that pick-off. pretty certain he did, so don't get too excited at home, folks. This could be it. Out of so no nothing. no clear knock-on that we can see? Correct. There you have it. Um, no clear knock-on. the blue player. So no clear knock-on there. This is going to be a try. blue for us. We stopped. We uh, told Copeland not to know, but he didn't touch it. Uh, now 14 is juggling it, so it's deemed to be in possession, so it's allowed to be played. Uh, and then the try scored in the corner. No, nope, it seems like off a card of hand. No yeah. issue with the grounding, wow. so trial stand. Matt right. Healy has scored. Connick's yeah, fourth so try in this game. Um, no clear knock-off. The ball's been kicked through. Um, because the player's juggling it, it's deemed to be in possession, so it's allowed to be played. And then the try scored in the yes! corner. That is an incredible moment in Connick's season. Well, it's a fantastic piece of opportunism, uh, certainly uh, at the finish by Matt Healy. It's playable, and that's what Cardiff wanted, and they get it out. They have to score now. Can they do so? They get it out to that man, Anscombe. He gets the offload. This could be it. Connick don't make the tackles. They're holding them up, but Cardiff have got the touchdown. Have they scored? They've scored. It's still alive. There's still time. This could be dangerous. Connick push up. They can't get the ball going, Cardiff, anyways. Can Connick force a turnover to trying to hold him up in the contact trying to rip the ball out of his hand and get him towards the touchline it comes out on the Connacht side it's picked up by Matthew Burke they just need to kick it dead and Connacht are going to be at the playoffs at the Champions Cup there it is with John Mulvihill even better a Connacht win 29-22 we'll take that wow okay we'll leave it at that pardon we'll leave it at that we'll hear the we'll hear the interviews next I can't talk anymore yeah I was I was really delighted with the way they started the second half I thought um, uh, yeah, I knew uh, being ahead by seven points at half time was a good spot to be in. Um, Did you think it was enough? Oh, you can trip yourself up trying to guess that sort of stuff. I just knew uh, it was good to be ahead because that meant the pressure was on. But we also talked about at half time, just making sure we came out and we delivered and left nothing in the tank in that second half. And I thought to a man, I did that. And, and again, I thought our bench came on and actually offered a lot of special stuff too. Kaylin, uh, you've been on the terraces watching comics as a young lad. What's it like to be on the pitch on one of these days that's going to go down as a seminal day in comic rugby? It's incredible. Um, I think when you hear that, the fields of Athenry, um, I don't know what it is, it's just a special I, I think I hair standing in the back of my neck uh, the last few minutes and, and they scored in the corner and I didn't know how to think for a second. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, look, it's, it's a dream. Um, it's not over yet <laughs> for a long time, hopefully for myself. But um, yeah, look, I'm absolutely delighted. You played under a lot of coaches. What's Andy Friend brought to this group? He's standing beside you now, so people people realise as I saw what you say. <laughs> um, I, I don't mind. I'm an open person. Um, I said him there. I said, 
he, he said that uh, he lets us express ourselves and, and that's what he does he gives us confidence he, he tells us how it is if, if there's something not going right he'll tell it to your face and, and you'll take it as constructive criticism and look it's vice versa if we think that he if he's slacking off or if he's not doing he has, has an open door um, so if you have a relationship like that with your head coach and, and your best friends with your head coach I know it's pardon the pun his name but like that, it just allows you to, to express yourself and, and I'm enjoying playing a bit at the moment. Um, I think in previous years I probably held back a bit and, and was worried about my performance and now I'm just doing what's natural to me and, and, and I'm loving it at the moment. You can see that about a lot of young players, Andy. I heard Paul Bowler saying to William during the week that you might have noticed you're getting feisty in training. There's a lot of fire in the camp to improve and there's definitely room for improvement. You can see that in games. There's mistakes being made in all these victories. Like. Yeah, I just said it there too. We, you know, we played some good rugby this year but I think to a man we know we haven't played our best rugby. Um, so there's a lot of growth still left within the group. But uh, what, yeah, what I love is Carmen just said there, we, we do have a, an open and honest relationship. We talk about having the real conversations and um, you've got to have that. You've got to have that if you, you know, it's not a dictatorship at the same time, it's not the players run it either, it's, it's our collective team and uh, you know, as the head coach, yes, I'll take responsibility for, for uh, what happens out there, normally you put your hand up, things go wrong, um, or 100% you do when things go right uh, correctly. I think we reward the players and, and put the spotlight on them. John, that was a, probably a very tough one to take and a very epic game with a lot to play for. Yeah, disappointing we didn't come out with the result. Um, but I think both teams turned up uh, physically to play and there was some really good skill out there. But I think Connacht were just a little bit hungrier and they won those little 50-50s on the ground and you know stopped us getting momentum in, in certain periods of the game. Was it actually more difficult to play with the wind than against it? It's, it seemed both sides sort of struggled at times with that. I think it was more difficult, obviously, to come out of your end into that breeze. It was something I haven't seen for, for a long time but we played in something similar to that in Glasgow and our first half was really good and thought our first half was good was today but just dealing with like basic little things like catching kickoffs um, you know if I, we reviewed that, that, last, that second last try and clearly there were two knock-ons one in the air one on the ground but you know, a try was scored so that sort of put the, put the contest to bed yeah, there was two very big TMO decisions there, uh, one for each side, and I suppose Cardiff might feel both of them went against them. Yeah, well, they certainly went against us. I think there was three, really, because of the first drive, Connaught, clearly you need to be back behind the ruck to pick the ball up, otherwise you're a part of the ruck and you can't play it, and certainly that there was a try there, but you know we knew that that's what they do, and we just nodded off a bit in defence there because we knew that they come through the, the middle of the ruck. So, yeah, disappointing. Again, we'll send some clips to the referee's boss, and... We'll just wait and see what happens. But at the end of the day, um, I think just Connor just wanted a little bit more than we did. And I thought they were a bit more clinical down here and they deserve the win. And they've gone under the radar all, all season this year. And hopefully they've come out now and they can go deeper into the final series. And next week, or the week after next, obviously the final games home to the Ospreys is still fourth place. There's still a European playoff to, to, to play for. Will that be something you'll be able to get the boys up for? Yeah, for sure. Like um, Ospreys have hit... Um, some really good form over the recent weeks and they, you know, they demolished Kings in the first half yesterday, last night. Uh, they'll come and, and really use the ball and try and move us around and keep the ball up because we didn't have many jackals out there today so they'll do a, a job on us. But you know, it's up to us to make sure we turn it around. We've won all of our derbies bar one and that was against the Ospreys. So if we get a win, you win five out of six derbies and we'd, we'd finish the season happy and uh, into a, that playoff for Heineken Cup. And is that harder to do on Judgment Day rather than having it in the home ground, or does that add to it? 
I think the way that the draw historically has gone, that every home game for us has been at, in the big stadium, it would be not. And every time we've travelled down to to Ospreys, it's been tough. I don't think the boys, the clubs, won down there for ten ten years. So it would be good to have them at Arms Park because we were certainly a different beast there. But we just know the roof will be closed and. You know, it'll be fast and furious, and I think the crowd will get a good spectacle. All right, post-game here at the sports ground. Interviews are done. Rain is falling. The live match entertainment and tent is still buzzing afterwards. Connacht are into the Champions Cup. Cardiff are angry. William Davis and Lindy McKenzie are with me. Wouldn't be a Cardiff defeat if they weren't angry, but uh, four tries, they can't argue with it as far as I'm concerned. It's not as if uh, they've uh, lost a tight one here. Connacht were brilliant. Connacht were absolutely magnificent, particularly in the second half when they played uh, against the wind. I actually think it might have been a bit easier to play against it than with it because it, it was really blowing down that pitch. Played some sparkling rugby. And to be fair to John Mulhill, when I interviewed him, he said Connacht wanted it a bit more and he said they played and were more clinical than Cardiff. That's what we were looking for today was to be clinical. And they did it and they saw it out. It was physical, it was hard, but once they got that lead, they they never really shifted off that point. I think that Jack Carty tried Lindy McKenzie just after halftime emphasised that little subtle difference between the hunger in Jack Carty to get to that ball ahead of Morgan and uh, he deserved his try. And also the confidence that Jack Carty was able to play without there. I was actually quite surprised he got that try because to me when he chipped it looked like he was completely blocked mm. and so I was fascinated how then he actually won the race to the ball yeah. because he, I mean, seriously he was he, he was actually impeded as he tried to, to run that angle. So I mean, yeah, look just the, the confidence and when you have you know both Keelan Blade and Kira Marmion to produce that amazing tackle in, in that corner to stop that try you know you've got players who are who were 110% wanting to win this match and they were I think that was a key area possibly as John Mulhall said that Connacht did want it more they, they, they needed it and, and they've got it and they've got it with a game to spare knowing that they can now go to Munster and while Andy Friend wants to maintain the momentum I think there will be a, a nice enjoyable trip to Munster now not needing to get that win William I said it to Andy Friend that back row tonight that was the first time that trio played together all season and I think that emphasises the way Andy Friend has approached this season it's, it's pick the team go with the guys on form you don't even know what his first 15 is no, they've rotated all season and they've taken players in and out. And, uh, you know, Owen McKeown has, has played very well this season. Um, but they just went with that today. I think they knew they had to be very competitive in that area. Boyle had a big first half. He had a huge first half. Uh, he seems to be somebody who has sorted out the kickoff return issues for Connacht because he actually calls for the ball and he seems quite happy to take it. That's been a problem all season. You know, in a wind like that, the ball can drop on you very easily because it just stops he made sure he was in the right place. They made their tackles. They were good on the ground. And they, I think coming in with a four-point lead in the, in the conference was a real fill-up for them because Cardiff were still having to chase. And last week, when they, they chased against Munster, it went wrong for them. And the same thing happened today. Little small errors. And Connacht, because they were in their face really hard running in the line. Took them a little took them about ten minutes to get up to that pace, but once they were at it, Cardiff had no room to move. They couldn't create any space out there. And that was the that was that I think was the master plan. And they the whole team 
stuck to their tasks and got the job done. I'm glad you mentioned kickoffs because it has been a problem for Connacht for many a season and it was so critical to the success in the second half. You know what else was critical? Just that early ambition and the likes of Aki and Farrell releasing Matt Healy. How many ma- breaks had Matt Healy in those first 10 minutes of the second half? And he made a penalty and he made a try and then he scored a try at the end. Yeah, actually he deserves huge plaudits because mm-hmm. we haven't seen a lot of Matt Healy this season, particularly in that form again and particularly, you know, his his options. I think it's like almost like giving these players they were given sort of the reins to do what they wanted to do to to flourish and to almost like abandon themselves to play a a bit like the pro 12 final where 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 pat lamb said go out and enjoy it and you can do you know and i think there was that element there today even like with matt healy when he chipped down the line you know you know once upon a time you know he may not have done that he may try to he may have tried to you know get through the player or cut back inside and, and you know and sort of try to get the ball away but i just thought that so many of the players out there today really lifted their game and played played with almost like an abandonment that we can do this we're confident and Matt Healy was was certainly was certainly one of those great to see Bundy back that aggression that's needed one of his one of his early tackles it was like you know stamping his stamping his foot on this game this is I mean business here today you know Tuna O'Halloran had a great game as well um you can't say enough about about you know to be honest the back row I thought Boyle's as you alluded to, as you said, we're talking about his 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 restarts, with the exception of the last one. I think, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, it was a, that was a shame, but it was just that it just fell short. Um, but did very well, did very well there. Actually, and and to be fair, the the pack did extremely well in that yeah, scrum. Yeah. They really did, and it was unfortunate. It was unfortunate. One of those penalties that they did concede was after your man had dropped the scrum twice. And then he comes around and he watches it and, and he changed his bind, that fella, and Buckley was forced down. And it was just, it was very unfortunate because they had done very well in the scrum. It's funny because even at the end when Matthew Burke came on and Connor Carey came on and Shane Delahunt, they had two brilliant scrums. So people wonder about the strength and depth and the young players coming through, they delivered. Gavin Thornbury had a great game. Robin uh, Copeland. Robin Copeland's penalty at the end. Yeah, it's, I mean, he has... He has a very strong mentality when he comes on about about closing out a game and and winning a game. And he was driving everybody on. He was banging his hand into his fist. He was really saying, come on, come on, we have to keep the pace up here. And I actually think that's what stood to Connacht because I think they looked fitter. Cardiff were starting to struggle at the end of that game and Cardiff's bench had nothing. There was nothing on that bench. And look, the, the two TMO decisions are going to be analysed and analysed. Look like I'm going to say it, it. It looked like they got a harsh call against the try uh, that where Marmion made the tackle. It's very, very close. One of the angles, maybe you can understand why they're calling it. If if the Cardiff Blues don't want to make that the difference between Connacht and themselves being in Europe, look at the eight points in the table, lads. It's a long season. I don't think there's any doubt about who deserves to be there and who's just behind them. Not far, but behind them. No, and I mean they can still get into a playoff to get into Europe, which they desperately want. Uh, they're talking about now it might be against the Scarlets and they're looking forward to taking on the Ospreys because they always like to beat them. The Welsh Derby games sometimes slip under the radar a bit. We focus on ours. But there's a lot of stuff built up over time over there. And there's obviously the uh, Gareth Anscombe situation, which I don't think is, is, is playing out well. And you wonder how that can be allowed to happen with a game like this later in that week it's, it's, it's very bad man lost care the young scrum half as well or young sorry they lost care the young prop as well so you know it's just been a bad week for them in contracts and it's a bad result now finally Lindley what a day what an emotion at the end uh, Ken and Blade summed it up well in the press conference but 
we've all watched a lot of Connacht rugby over the years. This is another seminal moment. Oh, absolutely. And to have done it at home with one match to go is, I think, all the more important because so often Connacht really make it hard for themselves. And I thought in the first half they had made it a little bit hard for themselves, but then they came out in the second half and just flourished. So really important that the work from the last two years has actually now you know, it's it's been able to be, it's sort of like almost like harnessed and it's Andy Friend has been able to put it all together and, and harness the, the players and the, 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 you know, get them have the right attitudes, the positivity. And it does dovetail beautifully, doesn't it, with standing here in this, you know, sports ground stadium, so to speak. Um, and it does dovetail beautifully with the new development that is going to be under, under uh, going to be started here this season. Creating a culture of Champions Cup rugby in the west of Ireland. That's what they want to do, and that's what's going to make that stadium sell out more often than not. Okay, that's it from us. Thanks, guys. We would like to thank the official Connacht Rugby Supporters Club for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out the Supporters Club website at connachtlan.com. Membership is only €10 Euro and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com for all your supporting needs. All right, that was a little bit of post-game chat. We did that for Goy FM as well, so we were in our little bit more, you know, nuanced voices but now for podcasts we get a little bit looser Dave Finn welcome along hello everyone wasn't that fun wasn't that fun Alan Deegan we are the most entertaining team in world rugby I reckon we give it everything you get class rugby you get mad mistakes you get us making it really 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 tough for the fans it's awesome Lindy McKenzie are we the most entertaining team in world rugby (laughs) I'm not sure about entertaining I'd say you know heart and mouth sometimes but we're the most entertaining podcast what a start alright we've got some chat to do to finish this week's podcast we've done everything else you've heard from Cardiff they're not so happy they're a bit grumpy we've kind of acknowledged the fact that you know they're grumpy but look was it a try was it not they'll complain to the end of the world it's a league you have a whole season to get to the playoffs if you get your results Cardiff haven't done it they're 8 points behind us I know the man to talk to about this kind of logic Dave Finn we have more points than them we deserve to be there yeah that's that's kind of what the whole point of the game is. I mean we won last see there was a lot of negativity after last week but ultimately we scored 6 points they scored 5 so therefore we won the game we were the better team we scored 29 points they scored 24 we were the better team today because we scored more points we have more points than them in the table we have more points than everybody in, uh, in, their, in the other pool apart from Leinster so you know, we're the fourth best team in the competition so you know what we deserve to be where we are because we entertain I did ask Matt Healy at the, um, at the Six Nations thing we did to ensure that we could have more games where everything was done and dusted with 20 minutes to go. He did it once. They didn't like it, so they went back to their old school. Um, yeah, I don't care. We won. It, I'm, I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing. It's going to be. It's going to make next season so much better. Alan, I yeah, put yeah, it to you. He, he hit the post with the drop goals. It was only 29-22. <laughs> it's a seven-point game in the end. So basic principle stands. Doesn't matter how many points they got. Doesn't matter how many points they less than us they got. They still got less. Someone get Dave a T-shirt with basic principle stands on it. I think it would sum them up neatly. Um, the overall though, just been a weird season, Alan. I just I was saying this earlier. I looked at some stats before, and we haven't lost two games in a row since November. Since November, that's phenomenal. At the same time, we left Sale a couple of weeks ago quite grumpy after 
pretty much a 20 minute no show this team has mixed it all up and when you put it down on paper you look at it and say this is a remarkably successful season with lots of room for improvement as I say the most entertaining team because you never know what you're going to get so have they surprised you in spots yeah in spots they have like we were just talking there just before you came back only four teams that were on the field that started today were in on the field in Edinburgh it's incredible to think that we can t- turn over so many players and still be so competitive with you know probably the smallest budget around that's a great stat Lindley have they surprised you this year um, I think what has surprised me is and what Andy Friend has insisted on that this is a different team this year although he has taken essentially taken the same players he insists it's a different team so what has pleasantly surprised me is that like that ability today and in previous games was particularly in, 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 in Zebra to actually ground out the win and in previous years we have been the Cardiffs we have been mm. moaning about the try that wasn't <laughs> yeah, yeah. that wasn't yeah. awarded or, un- yeah, or, yeah, being, yeah. or being unlucky well we, we have changed we have changed we've become a lot more um, s- stronger in our mental attitude resilient Yes, and confident about what they are doing and confident about their abilities. And I think that's, that is really, to me, that's the, the biggest improvement I've seen this season. I really enjoyed Caelan Blade's point to me, which the listeners have heard, but you guys haven't yet, which he just said that when I asked him, Andy Friend was with him when we were interviewing him, I asked him what Andy Friend has brought. And he, I, it was just that sense that Andy Friend has given them confidence. He says he's has more belief than he's ever had. you know. And, and I think that's evident throughout the group. Has this group surprised you this year, Dave? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, you have to remember where we were at the end of last season. Let's look back at the last game of last season. Yes, we won at 48-7. But we, within, within 48 hours, we'd lost the coach. We'd lost our talismanic captain. We'd lost one of our longest-serving and most respected players who was in a pivotal position. Uh, we, had, we were bringing in... We didn't know who was coming in. We didn't, we didn't know who the coach was going to be. So, in some respects, what makes it even more remarkable that we've done this off our own back and aren't relying on somebody doing something or some, or some semi-finals or having previously got. We've done this on our own back. If there was a three-year plan, we're in year two and we haven't got to the end of year one. That's remarkable. The next thing we need to do is it cannot, it cannot finish. The season cannot finish today. Neither can the plan finish today. We, yes, we're ahead of, ahead of the bell curve, but we need to keep being ahead of the bell curve. Lily, you said something there a few minutes ago in the inside part, uh, when we were inside, that you were saying, look, does you kind of look beyond just a one-year project. You're saying this is a combination of a, a good few years of hard work. And there is a little bit of that. There's cross-management teams. There's a management team here that have been in place for a few years. Mm-hmm. Just Andy Friend coming in. Those factors. Andy Friend is keen to stress that too. It's not just about him. But, um, yeah, maybe talk, talk about that point and maybe the element that Andy Friend's been able to bring that maybe has capped it off. Well, I think... Uh, what, what I suppose what I was trying to say is that, you know, this just wasn't you know Andy Friend coming in yeah. and and delivering yeah. this was Andy Friend coming in and harnessing what was there because there were very there weren't a, lo- a lot of new recruits coming coming in this season so what he's I think my point is that you know for the last two seasons under Pat Lamb and with Karen King last year we didn't possibly develop as much as we should have the potential that was there at the time. We didn't take advantage of a Pro 12 trophy for a start in Pat Lamb's last season, possibly because they'd all gone off the boil because Pat Lamb was leaving, and that really actually that hit them hard because mm. they didn't expect it to know that and have that information until the end of the season. Mm. Kieran Keane came in. They were already off the boil. He came in 
you know, midway after the after the preseason, missed it completely. He didn't have a lot of time to actually get to grips, you know, yeah. with with Connett and with himself as a head coach. And now Andy Friend has come in. He's essentially got the same bunch of players that have been here, although you say only four started the Pro 12. But you had the likes of Jack Carty, who yeah. was injured, of course, and, and a few players like that who was who were who Dennis were Buckley. Dennis yeah. Buckley, etc. So I think what his most important thing is he has he has taken this bunch of lads. He's given faith to the coaches that are already there, and he has been he has been like a head coach a director of coaching who um, is very calm and has instituted what I can see as total belief. Yeah, I think it's the, it's the culture. He came in, the first thing he said he wanted to do was make sure we had the right culture here. He had the right um, playing coaching staff that have been so year two, if you look at it from that way, Dave, the coaching staff are in year two. He's come in and made sure that the culture was right to allow that coaching staff, who are very talented, to get the most out of a very talented bunch of lads. It's funny, uh, uh, metaphorically, it's like th- with the academy, it's like he went downstairs to the garage, looked in it, and while others might have said, no, I'm going to put up, even going to switch on the light here, he switched on the light and he got stuck into it and said, what do I have here? And he has gone through that academy and our group of young players in great detail, and he knows what he has now. He certainly does, and like he, he's as I say, the culture is so important. He's got a, a belief. He said he said it. The guys have belief now that they haven't had since they won the the championship. That's the team that looks as though it could you know go on and do a couple of special things this season. Go they still seem a, far, a good bit off that, don't they? Yeah, but it, Which is, it's hard to say after scoring sixty one points in a season, beating Cardiff home mid April in the Champions Cup. I, I completely acknowledge what I'm saying here, but it just still doesn't seem like a Champions Cup, a Championship side. I. Well, it's you know it's now one off two two three one off games left in the season, and we're. Do you see them winning a title? Well, if Finley Beelham comes back, and you've got Quinn Rood to come back into that side as well, suddenly the strength and depth. The only position you really worry about is that we don't have any cover at out half. Um, everyone else has got there's some really good cover out there, and there's some really good players pushing fellas along. I know what Dave's answer is to can you see them winning a title? No, no, no chance. <laughs> I can see them winning a title. I mean, it's it's. It's possible, but then I'd argue that you could theoretically see all six teams and make the... the yeah, fair enough. But it's fair to say we're outsiders. Uh, away yeah. from home, we're, we're coming in like that. Yeah. But, but yeah, you just never know. Yeah, I mean... I mean did we really see a title before we played Glasgow at home in that final league game? I think we just wanted home advantages in the semi-final. If you, if, you look, if you look at it, we haven't... If you look at our... The way I at, why do I think we've done this? Because our, badest, our worst performances have not, have not led to hockey inks. Um, they have been bad. They have been really bad. I mean, uh, Glasgow are the only team to really to really do it. And not losing two games in a row at yeah. any point yeah. since November. The other thing is, is you have to look at who has won here. Yeah. And you have to say, it was Leinster's A team and Munster's A team who played it. They, 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 they did not pick up and Glasgow. I think, and I think the fact that the pathway to a final is through Glasgow probably makes us rank outsiders because of Glasgow. But one, the flip side of that is, the pathway is also through Ulster, a team they've beaten three times in a row now. Yeah, I, I think that Connor's big issue is its strength and depth. Okay. We we, we yeah, yeah, I really do think that is the issue. We just don't we just don't have the, the player pathway that Leinster has or the or and, and and the money that, you know, Ulster and you know, months to have, and so that is always going to be our issue. I think on our day we can beat anybody, but everything has to go according. You know, everything has to go, you know, swimmingly well. Um, but it, I think it really comes down to strength and depth. Okay, so to finish this week, I was reading a kind of a positive mental health line where they said, if you spot yourself enjoying a day, stop and take it in and and take note of it. Drink this in. 
folks before we think of the playoffs before we think of new signings before we think of how we're even going to be competitive in the Champions Cup yada yada we've achieved something bigger we certainly have yeah stop and smell the roses you have to do it I think it's it's really important and I think there's a, a set of belief out there and there's a set of players that you know now know there's no pressure on them you know, the pressure is gone from, from Connacht at this stage because nobody's going to expect them to win any of the next few games even up in Ulster anyone outside from the outside isn't going to expect it we do but not many not many other people do they've won in far flung places they've, they've won games in every way possible this year yeah, but we're also Connacht. We're capable of, of losing games in every way possible yeah. as well. <laughs> that, that, that's no but argument. That, but, that, but that's in our history. I'm, I'm starting to believe that's in our history. Um, we still, we just, we, you know, we still. There's games I look back on the season where we're doing. How did we lose that? But those were those were when we weren't. Those were when we weren't at 100. percent We play like we did today. Now today was far was far from perfect, and that was a very. That was a very fired up Cardiff team, but they did exactly what I expected them. They ran out of ideas in 60 minutes, which I, they've done their last two games, but. Ulster are not going to be like, Ulster are going to be out for revenge. They they felt they got stiffed in Belfast. They felt they got stiffed here. They were outplayed in both games, but they felt they got stiffed. They will not want to get stiffed the third team, third time. And you know what? It is trophy. It's it's knockout rugby at this stage. It's trophy rugby. No, Every, everybody everybody wants to win. So yeah, bring it on. Even that sale game where we were so outclassed in the first twenty minutes. Towards the end, you were starting to think, God, if we get a try here. Anyways, Danny was backstage with me today. How did you enjoy it? Oh, it's brilliant! It really hurt, uh, hurting your mouth, kind of, kind of game. You know, really bringing it to the end. But um, you guys are all talking about belief, but there's also another thing that friend has brought in. It's the enjoyment. You see the the smile on the guys' faces when they're playing the game, and they're professional rugby players. You know, you you, you look at some people and it's like you think professional. It all has to be serious, hard working. Nobody can smile. Anything. It has to be everything stone faces. You see the guys out there, big smiles on their faces. And like Jack's try just kind of emulates that for me this season. Just when he scored today, because you could see him start of the season, he's like, "Oh, Jack's a different player," and now he is. Yeah, just the way he out muscled Matthew Morgan to the ball. The amount of times Morgan has come to the sports ground in the colours of the Ospreys or Cardiff and ran ribbons around this. Uh, not today. Uh, he's a super player, and he'll have better days in the future. Can okay. We, can we point out that that try started in the complete diagonal opposite corner? with the only time they kicked the ball in the second half and Darylita thought about letting it go out for a throw-in and didn't <laughs> it led to Jack's try so we have to say that oh I'm glad you clarified that because I was blindsided in, in my commentary booth for a split second and thought that Leader had taken a quick throw-in he did take a quick throw-in was, a quick was it a quick throw-in yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. no I thought he took a quick throw-in no he took a quick throw across the turn and just to clarify I didn't think that went five metres but just to clarify he was badly caught out of position there uh, and then that's the kind of player Dara Leader is that's him in a nutshell that's why he's brilliant that's why he should be kept uh, for as many years as possible because he has ups and downs in his game at times but he always recovers he always recovers he was caught out badly and then he did a launch an attack he did and, and it was fantastic and for about 5-10 minutes Connacht played rugby that was as good as they've ever played including yeah. the championship winning season yeah, exactly. in pretty tough conditions like it was really tough out there today which is important because Lindley when you think about it just in patches at different points during the season I've seen flashes of absolute brilliance I'm thinking of Leinster it was also flashes of calamitous finish but like Leinster away and we saw it today again I'm glad you brought that up Alan there's, so, there's a, I think there's one almighty performance in this team yet yeah, and, and Ulster better watch out and remember the Ospreys 
is probably stands out as probably the Three most the, the, the best match that that Connacht actually produced 100% sort of for 100% of the game yeah, and, and what we but did is the classic Irish thing where we said oh they were useless instead of you know drinking in how well we did they're, but just they're now a point ahead of Cardiff <laughs> yeah, exactly. but just the thing about it is is I actually you know everyone looks for perfection and you know and and, and it's really ever really ever achieved I think the most important thing is what that mental strength that you can play bad and still win and I and I and I still believe that that is the most significant factor and I do think yes we all try we all try to play to be perfect you know we try to write perfectly we try to you know do podcasts that are perfect and without succeed you know, every time <laughs> obviously without, without stammering and without stammering okay, maybe not. and making fools of ourselves but what I'm saying is I think the growth is in that team that they were able to to to, to get some victories without actually playing 100%. Brilliant, brilliant stuff from everyone this week on the podcast. Almost finished. Just going to go around the table. I was thinking of something else. It's jumped from my mind. This is where the podcast isn't perfect because obviously this is brutal presenting. Any other business? Um, no, not no. at all. I'm just, Why would you have any other just business? very content right now. Oh!